Well, the Mexican Minister of Defence couldn't quite hold off everybody, but he still managed to claim another podium at his home race in front of his adoring home fans. And of course, his very, very blood father. Welcome to episode 243 of Grid Talk. And today we are here to discuss the race from the 2022 Mexican Grand Prix. My name is Tom Downey, and joining me, we have my F1 Grid Talk co-host, Owen Medford. Hello, sir. Hello. We have F1 historian, Alex Booth. Hello. And last, but by absolutely no means least at all, one of my one of my firm favourites here, Philip Matthew from the Grid Podcast. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> Hello, Phil. But first, just before we begin, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, you'll automatically go into our monthly draw to win a Grid Talk t-shirt from our champion range of merch. Also, if you're one of the 72% of people who are not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. So, Mexico 2022, a race which a lot of people were hyping up. A lot of people were saying was going to be, I think, sick, as the kids say, or lit, or for hashtag fire. Um, it was a bit more of a damp squib, if you ask me. Um, Owen, I'll go to you first. Max Verstappen, P1. Um, it was never really in doubt, was it? Um, I wouldn't necessarily agree uh, totally with that. I would say, like, up until... Up until we, we sort of cycle through the pit stops um, and and see where the hard tyres actually were, um, it looked like that we had sort of quite an interesting um, sort of race on our hands. Uh, but then, obviously, um, you know, I think I think Mercedes got a little bit too caught up in their own strategy and and maybe uh, looking at how, how how the mediums would perform on their car um, compared to what is a still a very fast red bull um over over a race um uh, i think to be honest that you know max is driving better than ever and there's a reason that there's a 15 second gap um between him and, and lewis hamilton and obviously that gap is you know we, as we've seen over the season it's got smaller um but yeah like, you, you can just you can just tell it's you know max is max is utterly ruthless you know he could have been it would have been easy for him to just go no i, I you know I, I can take the take the hit on this one i've won the championship i'll let sergio win his own race but as we've seen max verstappen is just he's there to you know <laughs> smash records and crank out numbers he's now uh, the first ever 14 time winner in a single season obviously it's a much inflated season but um that's still astounding there's there's you know so many times more that you could not win in a, in a season and he's about to he's managed to do it in dominant fashion is kind of uh by the end of the race is kind of it's kind of astounding yeah, it um it is absolutely worth mentioning, and I would say that as a Max fan, that he has won a record 14 races in season. He will be the first person to point out that we have many, many more races in a season, you know, to, to achieve this kind of record. Um, but yes, finishing P2 and and mimicking the 2021 podium. Uh Phil, we have your man Lewis Hamilton. Ultimately, couldn't quite bring the fight on the hard tyres. I think Mercedes were perhaps hoping they were going to going to last a bit longer than they did, or they hoped the mediums could have a bit more of a drop off. Do you think P two was the best? He was really realistically going to get, or do you think he was in the hunt for the win today? I think for for your guy Tom, I he was in management mode. We were talking about it before, and um, 
a lot of this race was management, management of temperatures and then all the different things because all these engine and unit power unit components and the cars are pushed to their limit with three races to go. Max got the start. Uh, Lewis got within 1.2, 1.3, I think at one point early in that first segment. Um, what I what really dictated the race, and I thought about it just a little bit just before we got on, that I think Lewis wanted to go longer in that first segment to try and maybe give himself some more options. It was the same thing that we're going to talk about with his teammate, but the having to pit to cover off Sergio Perez um, with the speed that he had, I think really dictated a lot of what took place afterwards. Yes, the hard tire as per usual seemingly was not that great. And, you know, they didn't work there on the Mercedes for Lewis or for his teammate. Um, second place for a second race in a row, considering where he was and where this team, his side of the, the garage was at the start of this season, now to be up there and at least in the mix, um, it's a positive sign to move into the next season. Um, Verstappen is in his own planet. Um, and so they just have to deal with that and, and make the necessary changes and adjustments to the car next year to see if they can at least bring the fight to Red Bull, to Max Verstappen um, again. Uh, but, you know, Lewis getting a second place finish uh, for a guy, I mean, you know, all the world championships and wins he has. Yes, it doesn't seem so great, but from where he was at the start of the year to now um, second on merit um, is positive progress. Uh, this season. So we got to take it for what it is. Uh, Max is probably going to win the rest of these races and that's fine. And he's earned it, but you know, Lewis is going to try to get himself up and make it as good of a finish as he can uh, for the season uh, in 2022. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to say, I think you made a very good point. If you think about when, where Mercedes were at the start of the year, you know, he went out obviously in Q1 in Jeddah and took up the pace. You know, they have made an awful lot of progress this season, even if people perhaps don't necessarily think it. But um, Alex, speaking of teammates, Sergio Perez, the home, the home hero, if you like, P3, maybe would have expected a bit more from him today, but it's also hard when your teammate is just driving on a different planet at the moment. Um, do you think he could have caught Hamilton? Do you think maybe he was perhaps sort of lifting and coasting, just wanted to bring it home? to have the podium in front of his fans, in front of his home fans? Yeah, I think he could have caught Lewis, actually. Um, I think uh, he will have expected to have gone a bit better than P3 um, in front of his home crowd. I think uh, it was kind of hampered a bit by him qualifying P4 uh, yesterday. That didn't that probably didn't help. And uh, the start was not outstanding. It was okay, but uh, not really. He did manage to get ahead of Russell, although I think that was more down to Russell being a bit over-exuberant in the first corner rather than Perez making a great start himself. Um, but it's very hard to overtake in Mexico. We've seen that uh, in previous years there. Uh, so his chances of getting past Lewis will have been a bit slim. Um, so P3, uh, under those circumstances, would have probably been the best that he could hope for. I mean, I was I, I predicted that he would actually have taken the win. I thought he would have, uh, prior to the weekend, I thought he would have been really up for it. And with the championship being wrapped up, I didn't think uh, Red Bull would be too... Uh, uh, 
negligent to um, allow him to do that. But as as you as we said, Verstappen is in a league of his own. Um, so yeah, I think P three was really the best that Sergio could hope for. But he did get a podium in front of his own crowd. I mean, uh, it doesn't produce the greatest of races uh, in recent years. There's the Mexico City circuit, but the atmosphere there looks absolutely fantastic, and we've got that for another three years. Um, which uh, is is a fantastic thing to see. No, absolutely, I, I fully agree with you. Um, the, you know, the, the atmosphere. Is, you know, if you look at the podium ceremony, you know, they always seem to have a, a DJ, not any of whom I'm familiar with, um, and and you know, just just a crowd and everybody bouncing and all the rest of it. It always looks like it looks like a great, looks like a great place to be. So yeah, so it's, uh, I think it is good for Sergio that he got to have that. But um, oh, I'm P4, George Russell. Uh, did set the fastest lap at the end. I mean, he had nothing to lose by going for it. You know, he, he had a he had a huge gap to Perez in front and Sainz behind, so it was a you know, it was a bit of a no brainer. The only car uh, out of the top ten to two stop as well. When a lot of us thought it's going to be a two stop. Um, interesting race for him. Um, what's what's your hot take on Mister Russell? Um, it, I mean, I think kind of proved that. He probably could have cut out that hard tyre stint altogether, um, to be honest. Um, it seemed to work relatively well for, for Daniel Ricciardo. And uh, I think he kind of needed it once George had dropped back. He needed something, something slightly daring. Um, once George obviously had had, had that not-so-great start, um, I think that's sort of probably uh, is a result of inexperience rather than anything else, to be honest. Um, just... Uh, yeah, he just placed his car wrong, and unfortunately, that that caused him to drop behind. And then it was, uh, and then it, you know, the problems sort of get exacerbated. There's not, there's not much downforce to begin with around Mexico, and then sitting, you know, three cars back, it, it gets worse after that. Um, and no, I think they needed to, to be a bit more daring than they were. Um, and it just seemed like that Mercedes were a bit no, too, too nailed on. Uh, sorry, not nailed on to, but uh, you know, looking too deeply into their strategy. Um, Rather than maybe trying to get out in front, um, you know, I think they were daring the wrong way almost um, on that one. But yeah, so it didn't it didn't work out for, well for George Russell in the end. Um, but then again, to be honest, they finished in front of the Ferraris, and um, I, th- I think that's the, the the bigger takeaway here is that this all this all it, they didn't lose out to Ferrari, um, which which is where really where they I think they they can really make an impact. Um, you know that, that that's a, that's Mercedes' fight now, um, and it would it would be awful for Ferrari to suffer the ignominy of it. But um, I think sort of the the race that George Russell has had has has helped bring down that gap um, to just forty points. Yeah, it's um it seems like a bit of a bit of a sort of far cry for for Ferrari that given the start of the season, you know they they look like the team to beat, and now they're clutching on to um the the. So yeah, well, clutching on is probably the best phrase. The clutching on to P two with a with a with about half a fingernail as it seems to stand. Um, Phil, the Ferrari drivers, Carlos Sainz P five, Charles Leclerc P six. Um, I give you, I give you them both together. Why not? They're both next to yeah. each other. Yeah, just just um, just basically get out of the way. They were largely sort of ambiguous in, today. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. Off you go. Really Phil. show up. Yeah, they didn't show up today. Uh, Tom, it was quite uh, interesting. Um, I know that based on FIA rules, you have to go and run your car to a certain percentage of its uh, limit. Uh, but it almost seemed like 
the Ferraris were just at 90 or 85% this whole weekend. Now, granted, we give, we know that the Ferrari power unit has definitely had more issues than Honda, than Red Bull powertrain, than Mercedes, than Alpine and Renault. But come on, man. Uh, you know, uh, they really weren't in the fight in qualifying. They got beat, you know, essentially on merit by the Mercedes. Uh, then in this race, they disappeared during that first segment when the four top four cars all were within four and a half, five seconds of each other, the Ferraris were in their own stratosphere. Um, at the end of the day, I don't know what the plan is. Maybe they'll have something better for Brazil. Maybe they're holding on to Abu Dhabi. Maybe they just don't care anymore. I don't know. But um, if, if, Mer if Mercedes continues, as Owen said, it's 40 points. If they can, they need to out, obviously need to score more. And if they could get a win somehow, some way, it would make it a lot easier. But if they can, you know, chip away 15, 20 points, um, you know, somehow um, at Brazil, then it could actually be a real fight at Abu Dhabi for the last race of the season, where I think the Mercedes car might have a little more of an opportunity relative based on what they've got. Um, but Ferrari, I don't know what their plan was this weekend. It didn't seem to have much in the way of, uh, of getting anywhere unless there was more attrition. So unfortunately, I guess for the people who love the Scuderia, the Tafosi and all uh, for what, they had this weekend but at least both of them finished and that helps them in second in the driver's championship race at least for Charles Leclerc even though he lost ground to Sergio Perez yeah I've got to be honest I'm just more impressed that neither of the Ferraris overheated in Mexico because their reliability has been shocking this season um which is sort of cost them where they are but um Alex you're an F1 historian here's an old figure for you in F1 Daniel Ricciardo um, where do we begin? Because uh, first off, uh, forgive me for sort of like maybe interrupting your flow a bit here or sort of stealing your limelight, but for me, certainly Daniel Ricciardo, at first it was sort of like, no, when I say, no, not vintage, that's no, completely opposite. It was typical Daniel Ricciardo where he was just stuck outside the points in a DRS train trying to scrap with some, some like, little team that nobody really knows anything about. The next thing you know, he punts on it off the track, gets a 10-second penalty, and ends up P7. Explain that one to us. Well, he certainly won the award for the most entertaining driver of the day, didn't he? Um, yeah, it was never really on, was it, that move uh, that, that was on uh, Sonoda. I think that was more of a frustration than anything. It's That's a difficult place to, to pull a pass, and it, it was a bit ambitious, and... Uh, Although I agree with Martin Brundle in the commentary, I think a 10 second penalty was a tiny, a tiny bit harsh. I think a five second one would have been um, more adequate. Uh, but he did what he had to do. He pulled the gap out and he ended up seventh. And uh, for once, he made uh, his teammate Lando Norris look a little bit anonymous. Um, uh, it's not his best result of the season, but it was probably uh, his most convincing performance because he's had a poor season. I don't know. I, I still don't uh, know where he's going to end up next season. I don't think he'll be in a race seat. But. Um, yeah, he can, he can take some solace to the fact that uh, he, he drove well today, bar, barring that one uh, dodgy move. Yeah, it was um, it, it was it was like the Danny Rick of old when he was sort of like late breaking, 
anybody and everybody on the grid. It was just like, it, it was like someone lit a fire underneath him or maybe couldn't sign up being on the blower ship midway through and said, listen, honey, if you want to race, seat with us next year, get a wiggle on. So, yeah, I was most mostly impressed. Um, apart from when he punted Snowder off. Um, but yeah, at least, it, at least he didn't do that in Japan, eh? Um, oh, I'm P8, Esteban Ocon. I mean, well done. You finished in the points. You started in the points. Anything yeah. to add? I mean, he start he started in tenth, so he's he's gone up two places. I, I think the the most uh, exciting thing about uh, uh, Esteban Ocon's race was the the pass around around the outside of uh, of Bottas into T one. Um, I think that's more on Bottas's sort of shoulders for letting it go that easily. Um, I'll be honest, I, it looked like he was in a, I, I it looked like he was in a different formula or or, or was on a warm up lap or something because I uh, there's no way I thought that uh, Ocon was getting around there, but. Um, you know, that was the, that was probably the most entertaining thing. Um, other than that, we didn't really see too much. I do remember, recall him doing something, but I can't, something else, but I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's kind of, you know, Alpine need to do, uh, and their drivers, you know, by extension, need to do just enough to, to finish ahead of McLaren. That's their real fight. Um, there's only sort of seven points between them. Um, and by finishing ahead of Lando Norris, um, you know, he's helped outscore them by two points, um, you know, and, and, and take the lion's share of the, of the points uh, uh, today. So, you know, he's he's kind of limited the the sort of the, the dropping points that um, Alpine were always going to have after, uh, uh, after Alonso's engine basically went bang. <laughs> But you know, apart from that, I don't, you know, apart from that and an overtake, I don't think there's much, there's much more to be said about it. But he, he climbed a couple of positions, but um, that was about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head with with Ocon there. Um, just behind him, uh, Phil Landon Norris, like you said, large anonymous. He went on to the hard tires, um, which, as we saw with the Mercs, was not the tire to go on. He. Finishing the points, well done. Anything to add for Lando? I mean, he one of the only times in the last two years. I mean, Alex brought it up. Uh, you guys brought it up with Daniel Ricardo that Daniel Ricardo soundly beat him. Um, it wasn't going to be that way before the race started, of course, but um, it worked out that way in the race. In their battle with Alpine, though, double points keeps them right in the mix. Uh, keeps that battle going uh, as we go to Brazil uh, here in a couple of weeks time, keeps it to seven points. Um, so that's something to look at. Uh, yes, it wasn't the ideal scenario for Lando Norris, but, you know, getting double points at this juncture is huge. Um, and to keep it within, you know, single digits uh, with two races to go, something to see um, relative to what, these next two tracks might hold for both of these teams. So um, not what he wanted Lando, but getting points was a necessity in this case to keep the constructors interesting. Yeah, um, that's a good point. You know, it's with McLaren, it's about their fight with Alpine at the moment and any points will do for them pretty much. Um, Alex, uh, running out the points, Valtteri Bottas. Um, I mean, we said that he got me to look a bit of a mug by Esteban Ocon. 
Um, I, th- I, th- I think I think he was having a I think he was having a siesta at um, at the entry to turn one when um, when Irvin when Ockham came sniffing up behind him. But uh, aside from that, is his first first point finish since Canada as well? It's worth pointing out. Yeah, I'll be glad of that. Uh, I think that was uh, really getting to Alfa Romeo. I think Joe, Joe scored a point in Monza, but that was the only point they'd had since Canada. Um, he qualified extremely well, starting sixth. It's probably a bit too much to ask for, for him to uh, finish it that high in the race or even higher. Um, but points were on the agenda and it was only one point, but he got it. Thankfully, that drought was gone. Uh, so... Um, yeah, they 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 can come away satisfied with that. Uh, like you say, but it wasn't Valtteri's best race performance, but still, uh, they needed the points and uh, they got one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much else to add there. Uh, Owen, um, P11, uh, and I'll give you his teammate as well because because he he's the only technical non classified. So we'll talk, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk about the Alpha Tauris together. Pierre Gasly, P11, Yuki Tsunoda, uh, DNF on that 52 with after contact with um, Daniel Ricciardo. How do you rate the AlphaTauri um, boy band duo t- today? Um, I don't think Tsunoda did anything wrong. Um, as we've established, you know, the, the, the contact was all Daniel. Um, so, you know, as far as Tsunoda didn't get any, do anything wrong. And to be honest, um, I kind of wish that Sonoda had just stopped it on track somewhere else um, or, or, or got debris somewhere just so that it would be a safety car or something. Um, you know, that's the, that's the only complaint I can level at him. Um, up, up until that, he's doing a fine job. Um, there's not much more to say because, unfortunately, uh, our favourite Australian kind of put the kibosh on that one. Um, th- that just leaves us with Gasly, who that um, bit of an own goal, really. Um you know, with him being the only person who could therefore hold up um, the, the, the point scoring abilities, basically, of the Alpha Tories, um, it didn't go great. I think prior to that, uh, prior to Sonoda's retirement, he'd uh, locked up and forced Stroll off the track. That occurred a five second penalty that then took that at the pit stop. Um, I think Ted Kravitz reported that that was something in the neighbor of that, you know, they counted that something in the neighborhood of about six seconds. Um, and then if we, if we look at the timings, um, he was, you know, within, within half a second of points, I believe. Um, that's, that's what their one's reporting on the, in their race report. Um, and, you know that point would have brought them above the Haas. Uh, it's, it's, it seems kind of astounding to me that that the Avatories are still ninth in the table, and they're so desperately close to to scoring points that are going to get them um, a crucial eighth place. I mean, that comes with less aerodynamic testing time, but it also comes with more money. Um, so yeah, it's it's it, it it it's not a good look to have a team. You know, one to I don't, I don't think the gap between the the sister teams of Red Bull and AlphaTauri has ever been bigger um, at this point. Um, it's a really, really bad look. And they're just one point of, you know, one or two points of getting ahead. Um, so it's, it's I would say it's a, it's a kind of crap weekend for for for, for the AlphaTauris. Um, you know, one's not of their own making, but one definitely is. Yeah, um, especially if you think about where Gazi finished last year. Yeah, he was what P four, I think P five. He was one of those two, um, but he was having a storming season. And this year, he's uh, 
yeah, just uh, just not happening for them. You know, Sonoda DNFing two years in a row here. Um, this year, completely not his fault at all, um, as, as he said. But yes, um, yeah, it's going to... I think they're they're just waiting for the season to be finished now. They've got we've got two races left and they're 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 count they're counted down the laps, I think. Um but uh next up, uh Phil, you lucky devil, I'll give you Williams. Um so Alex Albon finished P twelve and uh the ghost himself, the Tifi, the only driver to be lapped twice in this race, um, finished P eighteen, at least he finished. That's um no, I don't think that's anything to celebrate. Um, any word on the Williams? It was a rocket shit down the straights. Actually, yeah, that's that's definitely true, Tom. I mean, Alex Albon has been uh, in his return to consider being on a ventilator a few weeks ago, and now back in a race car and actually being somewhat, you know, back to form. Uh, is 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 a miracle in itself, I guess, and it's credit to the people that he's around and himself. Uh, getting 12th place, best result, I think you could probably get there. It's going to be very hard for Williams to score um, anywhere. Um, that's been the case all year. So um, for him, he's doing the best he can given the circumstances. His teammate, who is possibly well, likely not going to have a job next year, probably definitely not going to have a job next year, who's going to be replacing him is still to be done. Even Williams screwed that up this week because they didn't um, keep Logan Sargent out for enough laps so he could get 100K in FP1 so he could get an extra uh, super license point. So um, um, the fact that Latifi was completely um, non, wasn't, was a non-factor is, why Nicholas Latifi is probably calling IndyCar teams right now to see um, where he can bring his sponsorship to, or uh, insert LMP2 team here, um, which is more likely his scenario for next year in um, the WEC. Yeah, it'll be interesting where he ends up next year. Uh, nice guy, but he's not he's not as one material as he's proven. Um, Right. Uh, next up, uh, P13, Alex, we have Guan Yu Zhou. Um, later at one point, like he's going to finish in the points, sadly, didn't quite come to fruition for him. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he, he was, he was, he was having, he was having a couple of good battles with, um, I think it was one of the, one of the Alpine drivers or there, there was, there was someone he was scrapping with back and forth, or it might be Sebastian Vettel actually, towards the closing stages of the, of the race. How did you rate his performance today? Uh, before I answer that, I just wanted to add on something about Pierre Gasly because I don't want to interrupt anybody, but he's got to be careful because he's on 10 super license points. So if he does any more moves like that, uh, he'll be edging to, he'll be of the unfortunate distinction of becoming the first driver to have a race ban because of the super license rule. Uh, but Aston Martin, um, yeah, they were, uh, how they've fallen down really because they did they had, uh, a good race in Austin. And, uh, oh, well, if Stroll had had that incident with Alonso, it could have been a double points score. And they were nowhere this weekend. Um, but that's a trade that we've become familiar with, Aston Martin. Um, it's nothing really much to write home about them, really. I can't really think of anything to say about them. I'm sorry. I'm not, you're not going to get your money's worth out of me on that one. 
That's that's all right. I mean, I mean, we're sort of we're sort of done done into the dregs anyway now. Um, yeah, no disrespect to the driver. It's obviously to do a job that I could never do. Um, but yeah, um, I want to give you both Aston's together. Uh, Vettel P14, Sol P15, Sol P twice. Um, Vettel was was having a couple of good scraps with 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 uh, Zhou Guan Yu, and he was having some good early ding dongs. Anything to add about the Aston boys? Um. Well, we could point out that Lance started 20th and, you know, got four places, which I think is kind of more than anyone else did. Um, and then, uh, and then, was it four places? Have I done my maths right? Probably not. Um, 20th, is, no, I've, oh, five places. Five places, I tell a lie. Um, four on-track places that he actually had to do overtakes for. Um, apart from that, nah. Nah, it's a bit, it's not great. <laughs> It's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's not great it? for the level of investment they're putting in, is it? Uh, no. Did, did you ask me about Haas or Aston Martin? Because I answered about Aston Martin. I was about Alfa Romeo. Oh, sorry, I misheard. <laughs> <laughs> no, this race is so bad. We're forgetting which midfield yeah, yeah. teams we're I'm talking sorry, about. I'm sorry. In fairness, the Alfa Romeo. Like, do you remember seeing Guan Yuzhou doing anything? I saw him. Yeah, back they out showed of, him. Uh, I yeah. saw him back out of it. It, it looked like he was going to do a similar move to uh, Daniel Ricciardo on uh, somebody, and he backed out of it, which is smart because they could have ended his race there. So that, that yeah. was a plus point for him. Yeah, and, and I mean, you showed Daniel Ricciardo how you ever taken that corner, which is ironic for a rookie. What you don't <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, you know when to pick your battles, but um, but yeah, but any anywho, um, apologies on Rev my It is uh, it's half eleven here, and I'm really tired. Um, <laughs> Phil, you have the distinct honour of both the Haas drivers. Um, anything, I will just ask you, anything to add? Make sure you make a P16, Kevin Magnussen P17, both a lap down. Anything to add? Um, at least our NASCAR counterparts are actually decent today um, because they definitely didn't show up on Formula One side. That's all. Perfect. Um, the worst and, performing hat in America. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all we need. Um, and then Alex, uh, I'll give you this one, Marcy, because I've been wanting to say this. Uh, Fernando Alonso went from El Plan to El Pain um, <laughs> after his engine went um, bye bye. Uh, I was chatting to a mate of mine. Um, she said it looked like one of the tear off strips got came flying out the back of his car. I don't know if that was just placebo effect or what, but. We had a couple of interesting radio messages from him. His engine absolutely chewed itself. Um, I bet he can't wait to be, to be racing Lance Stroll next year. I wasn't aware of the tear-off uh, strip thing, but that would, but that would make sense because that's happened before. That's, that's taken drivers out of races in the past. Um, Alonso, uh, another reliability problem for him and Alpine. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of stick for saying this, but it's probably karma for some of the comments that he said over the weekend, which I think is, I mean, he's entitled to his opinion, but I think he's talking absolute nonsense. Um, but uh, he, he was doing, he was doing, he was driving well as he always does. And unfortunately, the car let him down again. But um, like you say, he's, uh, he, well, he, he looks very uh, keen to, to leave Alpine uh, from, from what he's saying, but uh, I, can't, I can't see if things are going to get any better. Aston Martin, if truth be told. No, and it's only a matter of time before he goes calling back to the Enstone team. You know, it's uh, he's it's, done it three times. Well, well, exactly, yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's only one thing you can say about what you just said about Alonso. <laughs> I was thinking um, that, but yeah, and, and yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that's it. So that is your very very quick sort of like race run through, if you like. 
Um, Got to be honest, for, for me, not the not the most sort of like entertaining race we've had all season. Um, it felt very sort of like Mercedes esque where Hamilton got pulled and drove off into the distance. Just this time, it was Max. Um, so yeah, so it, it it wasn't it wasn't a classic by any stretch. I, I think I think it's fair to say, but that thus rounds out the um, uh, rounds out the Mexican Grand Prix. So. Uh, just before we go on, chaps, going to you want to add about about the about the race, about the weekend, about F one. It wasn't the worst race of the season, I don't think it, but uh, oh, no, it, no. it had its, it, it could have been better. Oh yeah, yeah, it's just a, yeah, it was just it was a bit of a damp squib. Um, Hold on, it's the it's the least controversial race that we've had this for, so far, I think. Possibly. <laughs> Like, Probably the least controversial we've had in a few months. For I think sure. the most controversial thing was that they didn't throw a safety car. Well, they didn't need to. I think but, we were just yeah, bored. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have been a bit uh, uh, funny. I think if they had a, if they had a yeah. safety car, it would have been a bit too obvious that, that uh, it was. Imagine if they had a red flag there. Oof. <laughs> no, no, no! You got to do the safety car. You can't red flag because then you can change tires. Like well, yeah, if they well, wanted, yeah, it, it, if they wanted exactly. battles, they'd had to go safety car. Yeah, so, the, no, so then everybody the, pits, comes out on fresh rubber, and then nothing changes. Nothing changes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because everybody's on a set of scrub sauce, and we're back to where we started. Um, but yeah, so gentlemen, I just want to give you a chance to promo yourselves. So, um, oh, I, I mean, I mentioned you are co-host of the of um, Different Grid Talk alongside myself. You got anything else you want to promo? Anything you want to shout out? Absolutely not. Um, That's what we'd love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm efficient with my time. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Lovely. So, Phil, um, as I mentioned, you're a member of the Clipship Podcast. Uh, anything you? Uh, t- sorry, not anything you want to add. Obviously, you want to promo that. Tell us more. Yep. The GSP will uh, be doing episode. What is it? I had the list over here. I'll, I'll retry. Of course, my deal goes and screws up right now. Um, it's episode 142. This coming week, we'll go over the Mexican Grand Prix. We'll go over everything that went on in NASCAR this past weekend. Any other major news and events and other series. MotoGP is coming to the end of their season. Uh, you can find us at GripStripPod on Twitter and at GripStripPodcast on YouTube. We're basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, you can find me at Philip G. Matthew. You can find my co-host Josh Huffine at J.P. Huffine. And um, his uh, Twitch handle is usailor2. He does iRacing. He's really good at it. And, um, yeah, so you can we'll go and look out for that episode 142 this coming week. And uh, we'll go over all that, all the different racing all over the world. Uh, and also talk a little bit of uh, NFL football and uh, anything else that really comes to mind. So uh, thanks, Tom, for hosting. I know it's been uh, – it's a long day for you guys, so um, thanks everybody for coming on here and uh, doing a good job as we always do here on the Grid Talk. It's a pleasure as always. It's always good fun to have you on, um, Alex. If you've got anything you want to promo, anything you want to shout out? Um... Uh, no, no. I'm uh, as I said last week. I've taken a bit of a hiatus from doing uh, any, anything related to writing or anything. But uh, people who are in touch on the F1 corner who can see some sort of past uh, articles I've written on classic Grand Prix races, 
uh, in the meantime, we just enjoy uh, coming on here to contribute to, to, help, to be with you guys and uh, talk about the sport we all love and enjoy. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, just before we wind up, I just want to say Grid Talk is available on YouTube, where most of our episodes are recorded live, such as this one. We're also available on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews, reactions, and everything else to qualifying and race results. Please also consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get, so, so we can get better mics, lights, and recording equipment. You can get your hands on some official Grid Talk merchandise at f1chronicle.com slash store. Also, make sure you're subscribed, like I mentioned, so you're the first to know when each new episode is released. Also, I think if you're on YouTube, there's that little bell thing. Just go and click on it, I'll type in go live. It'll be worth it. We'll be back very soon with plenty more F1 content. Thank you very much for listening, watching, taking part, and Nostar, goodbye. Night. <laughs>